Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning. I am joined this morning on our Smart Garden Show from the University of Minnesota, Julie Weisenhorn. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Hey, Denny. Good morning. It's good to hear you. And uh, welcome to summer for a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the old saying about Minnesota weather, just wait a few minutes, it will change. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, the theater of seasons. We have uh, m- more acts, I think, than just three. Um, but uh, we, uh, you and I were talking off air about the, the change in temps at near 75 yep. today, and then we're going to be below freezing this uh, this coming week in a few days. Is this, I mean, does this help or hurt, or does it do anything to our our plants and shrubs and things like that. Well, I'll tell you, that's a, that's the million dollar question. But I think that I I guess personally I get more concerned when it's prematurely warm, yeah. when we get this you know these days that are very very hot. I think last year around this time it was or it was a little a couple of weeks ago it was eighty five degrees. Maybe the last time I was on the show, which was April 9th or and. You know, that's to me that's more concerning than than the cooler temps. That what we are concerned about with cooler temps is the soil temperature warming up, and then also the moisture and cold can be uh, can really foster like bacterial diseases, and it makes it kind of prime for uh, difficult for difficulties for plants from disease standpoint. Many of these diseases, like leaf spot diseases, are simply cosmetic. They really, they, they don't all harm a plant, but it's these cold temperatures. I mean, you can imagine that this is a great temperature for, you know, things that, that grow in cool, wet conditions. So that's probably the biggest concern. And also people are super impatient and want to get out in their yards. And now it's going to rain and storm today and be 70 plus degrees. So it's kind of that wait and see time for us in Minnesota as gardeners, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to wait, and it's uh, we get anxious about getting seed in the ground, especially for farmers. So uh, you know, it's still too wet and cold for the seed to go in the ground for our crops. Julie, you mentioned storms, and we may or may yeah. not be interrupted uh, today during the show by uh, by the weather. Various storms moving through CCO land, so we'll keep you posted. We'll uh, we'll bring you up to date on any any particular changes. But keep that in mind that yes. if we are interrupted, we'll certainly go to uh, to that function. It's not our fault. No, 
No, we're just the messenger here. <laughs> uh, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now is your chance. And, and as Julie knows, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get very busy here this hour. So call or text same number for your lawn or garden question. That number is 651-461-9226. Again, call or text Julie, 651-461-9226. Here's one that came in early uh, this morning, Great. Uh, Julie. If I could, okay, the, fir- uh, the first one, two questions, actually. First one is, can I plant my onion plants now? Second, when will I be able to plant broccoli and cauliflower? I just love the show. Wish it was on two hours long. For, uh, yeah, oh, two yeah. hours long. Thank <laughs> we you. We can yeah, answer a lot that. of questions. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Um, I think with the, uh, with the onions, we are going to be planting those. If you're going to be direct seeding, uh, it's... Uh, it's still a little bit early for that, um, but I think that uh, I'm just looking at our onion page right now, which is under our vegetables webpage, vegetables A to Z. It doesn't say, it says to, to plant as soon as the soil is workable in the spring. So right now our soil is quite wet, and I don't know about you, but I went to take a soil sample in my garden bed yesterday, and about three inches down, the soil is still frozen. Mm. So it is not a good time in my yard to be doing any planting. So direct seeding, you can seed as soon as the soil is workable in the spring. So that's going to just depend on your exposure, the kind of soil you have, if it's a nice loamy soil. And uh, and just you're, it's kind of trial and error, kind of just testing your soil out at this point. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Let's grab a phone call. I think Mary Lou is first up here. Mary Lou calling in from Crystal this morning. Uh, Mary Lou, you're on CCO with Julie. Well, thank you. Good morning, um, both to both of you. Thank you. I have a question about hearing about um, not not mowing your lawn to protect the bees, and I'm wondering if you have heard that and if you could explain that. And sure. would, would, if you don't mow your grass, doesn't it go to seed? And then, you, I don't know, isn't that a problem too? I don't okay. Know. Well, that's a good question. Uh, well, right now there's a promotion going on uh, called No Mow May, meaning that we would not mow our lawns in May. Now the grass is really just getting going. So here we are on April 20, 23rd. And May is a week away. So um, I don't know about you, but my lawn is not greening up very fast. It's pretty Mm-mm. slow right now. No. And so the promotion is to not mow in May. And the reason for that, there are ground nesting bees that emerge from our soil. And um, I don't think that we're talking about never mowing your lawn, particularly if you have a traditional Kentucky bluegrass fescue mix lawn, because it that we're talking about never mowing your lawn, particularly if you have a traditional Kentucky bluegrass fescue mix lawn, because it does need to be mowed. Uh, What we're talking about are lawns that are specially designed and planted to not be mowed very often, maybe twice a year. So a bee lawn, for example, is a combination of Kentucky blue, a little bit of Kentucky bluegrass, mostly fine fescues, and also uh, flowering plants that are perennials. There's four different varieties that are mixed into beelon mixes that bloom and provide nectar and pollen rewards for bees. So this is a very special lawn. It's an alternative to our traditional lawn. It still gives you 
a nice grassy um, flowering uh, walkable surface, but it's not your traditional turf grasses. They're mixed in there with these flowers. The other type of lawn is called a is called a nomo lawn, and this is primarily all fine fescues. And the fescues grow, and they get quite long, and you cut them just once a season. And it's a lawn not for a high traffic area. It certainly wouldn't be something I would plant in a backyard where you had kids playing or where you did a lot of walking on your yard. It's really for areas that are less used. Maybe it's a side of a yard or a slope that you don't want to be able, you don't want to have to mow anymore, that kind of thing. So these are alternative lawns, we call them, and they're becoming more and more popular. You'll see bee lawns in some of our Minneapolis parks and also in uh, people's backyards. We get lots of questions about that. We have an excellent webpage on how to establish a bee lawn on our lawn section in uh, on Yard and Garden, our extension webpage on horticulture. And also more information about low-mow low or no-mow lawns. So you can, if you're interested in that, you can check that out. But no, we do recommend mowing your traditional lawn. Um, I would say mow it higher, raise your mower to at least three inches, and just cut about a third of it off. So when that lawn gets to be about four and a half inches tall, just come and take a third of that off, you know, raise your mower up. And what that does is actually creates a healthier lawn. So this is even not regards to pollinators, but just a, a healthier lawn overall. All right. Julie, hang on. I know we're getting some indication that uh, some strong storm activity in Sibley, oh McLeod, and Carver <laughs> County. So you uh, folks to be aware of that. Do not have any information of a watch or warning right now. It's so, dark out. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So uh, see you stay tuned to CCO. We'll look, we'll keep you posted on any changes here. Right now in the Twin Cities, officially anyway, it's overcast and uh, 58 degrees here on our Smart Garden Show on CCO. Stay with us. Denny Long here welcoming Malmberg's Garden Center to our Smart Garden Show. Glad to have you here. In fact, i got to talk about the spring open house, this is something I wanted to talk to you about all week, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is going to be at Malmberg's Garden Center. They have two locations, I'll tell you where. Uh, the spring opens, open house starts Friday, the 29th, goes till Monday, May 2nd. Now, this is 20% off, not just some things, 20% off on everything. You can check their website for hours. I'll get you that in a moment, too. Malmberg's, you've heard that name here in CCULN since 1958. Two locations, as I mentioned, Blaine and Rogers. What are you going to find there? Thousands of plants locally grown in their greenhouses. Whether you're looking for trees or shrubs or annuals, maybe perennials, gardening supplies for sure. And boy, do they have expert advice in gardening. And you know what you'll else you'll find, especially if you're a new gardener, if you're a gardener just getting started, they have great help at Malmberg's. Again, been around since 1958. Been a long winter, and now's the time to get out there and enjoy that spring open house at Malmberg's, Friday, April 29th to Monday, May 2nd, 20% off everything. Check the website for hours, and that website is malmbergsinc.com. Along with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. And Julie, as we mentioned, uh, we're going to be being interrupted by uh, severe weather comments uh, from time to time. There is a severe thunderstorm yes. warning now in effect until 830, another eight minutes, seven or eight minutes for Blue Earth and Waseca County. 
counties in Minnesota. Severe thunderstorm warning till 8.30. For you folks, uh, Lesur County as well, I'm just being told. Lesur County, uh, Blue Earth, and Wasika counties in Minnesota until 8.30. That's a severe thunderstorm warning. I'm sure we'll be hearing more of these. In the meantime, we're talking lawns and gardens. And if you have any kind of a question related <laughs> to those, call or text Julie at uh, 651 461 9226. Speaking of phones, I think Chris is calling in from Egan this morning. Chris, what is your question for Julie? Good morning. Um, I have two great big elephant ear bulbs, and I was wondering how soon I can plant them outside. And I plan on planting them in a pot. How big of a pot do I need, and can they both be in the same pot? Yeah, those are great bulbs. They make a beautiful foliage uh, that really shows off. It's great in containers. I think you're right right on the money to put them into a container. Uh, those are summer blooming bulbs, so they're tender bulbs. They are not going to enjoy the current conditions uh, outside. So what I would do is, is if, if possible, if you can plant the pots up and keep them in the house to get the bulbs going, um, not sure if that's possible or not. Uh, if if you can, that'd be great because that would give you a head start. But if you can't, then you're going to need to wait until our temperatures are warmed up to the till nighttime temperatures are consistently around, probably around um, 50 degrees or so, because those are very um, very susceptible to cold, and you don't want them out in this cold, wet weather that we have because the bulbs could rot. That would be my fear. So if possible, plant them up, even if they're in a slightly smaller pot, like a nursery pot, you know, a black pot that you get other plants in, and you transplant them then outside if you have large containers that are sitting outside that you can't move in. So you could transplant them from one pot to the next. That's probably what I would do just to get them going so that you have something when the weather does turn consistently warm. Speaking of the weather, just found out that the uh, severe thunderstorm warning has been allowed to expire. So we're glad to oh, hear that. Go. Yeah. Uh, again, six five one four six one nine two two six. Thanks, Chris. Let's go to Dan, who is calling in from Prior Lake, Minnesota. I do believe today. Dan, you're on CCO with Julie. Good morning, Danny. Julie, say I live in Central Minnesota, actually in Clear Lake. Um, got a heavily wooded. Uh, lot with oak trees. Uh, lost probably half a dozen last year to oak wilt. Uh, mm. I've been trying to take them down during the winter time to mitigate the spread. I've got one left to take down. Question, uh, how diligent do I have to be with regards to the sawdust that's generated when cutting these trees down as far as the possible spread of the oak wilt? And uh, can I still proceed with cutting down that tree this this right now? So the current oak wilt status is is high. You probably know that. April through July is the highest risk. So uh, it is not recommended to wound, prune, or drop oaks in oak wilt counties. And clearly you've had this issue, so this would pertain to you as well. So you want to leave those oaks for the time being. And, uh, And as far as the sawdust goes, I don't think the sawdust is a problem because it's basically broken down uh, all of the uh, all the conditions the the larvae the beetles they've all been you know they're not in that sawdust so I think you're okay with that um, we do have a good web page on oak wilt in fact we just updated it with our partners at the Minnesota DNR 
And, uh, and so there's good information about that. Most of the problem with oak wilt is wounding oak wilt trees at, at the wrong time of the year, taking them down like now between April and July, and then also moving the wood around. So, um, so you really want to uh, leave the wood on property, and, uh, and this includes debarking the, you know, you can debark the trunk, you can cut the logs into firewood lengths and stack them to allow for drying. So, um, but anyway, take a look at that webpage. It also has good information on uh, other contacts for uh, learning about oak wilt, uh, but you would not want to cut your tree at this time of year. Okay. Hang on, Julie. We're going to take a quick break here and uh, have a look at that forecast. And we have about another half hour of our Smart Garden show to go. So stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota helping uh, you out today with your lawn and garden questions at 651-461-9226. And as uh, usual, Julie, we have a ton <laughs> of uh, callers in Texas. You know, yeah. we were going to go back to a, to a question. Was it about broccoli or, or cauliflower? What was it? I don't, I don't yeah. remember. Yes, it was about broccoli. I was negligent, and I apologize to the uh, texter about that. So um, I admit I've never grown broccoli, but I've, I'm just checking out our information on, on uh, starting seeds and direct seeding. So the recommendation is to start broccoli seeds indoors in early April or in July for a fall crop. So we're a little bit past the time to start those seeds in April um, you could still try to, but it, we're getting to the end of April now, so we you'd be about three weeks behind. And uh, and so you can start them indoors in early April, or you can start them in July. So at this point, I would probably, if you were interested in growing broccoli, I would I would buy broccoli plants uh, from a grower, a local grower, and I would put them in my garden. They've already started them, and and I would transplant them that way. And then I would direct seed in July so that you get a late season crop. And you can do that a lot with plants like cabbages, broccoli. Um, some of the herbs can, like some of the really fast-growing herbs like cilantro can be reseeded. So you can have a kind of a perpetual garden. And and so uh, that's I would go and buy plants at this point and put them in and then direct seed in July. And you okay. can take a look at the broccoli page. It's under vegetables, A to Z, on our extension.umn.edu, yard and garden page. Excellent. We'll, of course, mention that uh, website again before Julie Great. leaves us today. Uh, back to the phones we go. Jim, I believe, is calling in from uh, Oakdale this morning, if Jim is still there. Jim, thank you for waiting. What's your question? I've got a question about roses. i got about 14 roses on the south side of my house. I cut them down to four to six inches in the fall cut mulch up leaves to put them on with the styrofoam cones. Last year we had weather like this, and I come home one day in the afternoon and I had stems coming through the vent holes <laughs> of the cones. This year we got pretty much the same weather. I took the cones off last week. I got one plant where the green is coming through the mulch. Can I take those cones off yet with the weather like this, or should I leave them on for a while? I think I'd probably leave them on just a little while longer, maybe into May. It sounds like, I mean, this has been a late 
uh, spring and it's uh, been quite cold. And so those plants are just not actively growing yet, except that one. So you could, you could remain, you could leave them on um, and, uh, and just wait a little, maybe another week or so. Keep checking them. And as they do start to, to grow, then you could take the cones off. And you could leave the mulch around the base a little bit so that it protects the, the graft if they're grafted plants. All right. I, uh, I don't want to forget about our textures either. We have many. Uh, here's a, I, bet, I believe this might be a candidate for the website. Uh, here, let me just read it. <laughs> we live in the Twin Cities. We'll be planting shrubs and a few small trees this summer. Our, our soil is mostly clay. We have deer in the neighborhood, so we want to have plantings that are deer-resistant. What recommendations do you have? Are crabapple trees a good option for smaller trees? That comes from Rick in St. Paul. Well, crabs are great trees. We have so many different kinds of varieties, but they are also absolutely delicious to deer. Deer will feed on them as high as they can stand. So oftentimes you'll see footprints around them, particularly in the winter, and they're feeding on the fruit uh, and uh, nibbling on the buds. So uh, if you have deer, that's a real challenge because they are large animals and normally a uh, the best thing, the best defense against deer are is a big fence, but that's not always feasible for people. So you don't want to fence your entire yard or garden all the time. But some of the plants that uh, if you're planting shrubs, um, there are some deer-resistant varieties, things like... Um, uh, some of the evergreens, and uh, also some of the uh, kind of the more prickly plants. So deer really will eat almost anything. It's really difficult uh, to decide what uh, what to plant there. We have a web page or a, a publication called The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. And this is a great reference for all gardeners on all accounts. It it highlights 30 difficult sites, 30 difficult conditions that we have. And there are plant lists of uh, plants that will grow in each of those conditions. So an example is a boulevard garden. Uh, dry shade is a tough area. Salty soil is a tough area. And deer-resistant plants. So uh, so you could take a look at that. Uh, we also have, some, we have our good plant elements of design plant selection database. It's on our landscaping page. And you could plug in deer resistant and see what plants come up. There's a, not a lot of sh- shrubs that come to mind for me that, sh- that deer will not feed on if they're hungry enough. And that is the challenge with deer. Boy, they can do some damage. Holy they can do a lot of damage. Yep. We just did, you know, when I was on the show on April 9th, we were going to do our hydrangea workshop that day, and we found that many of the hydrangeas had already been pruned by deer. <laughs> so <laughs> you could see, you could draw a line basically at head height of a deer, and that's what they had been feeding on. So so they can be helpful in some respect, but but not exactly the way we want them to. Yeah. <laughs> Grab a phone call here from Bill, I think, calling in from Vadnais Heights uh, this very morning. Bill, thank you for waiting. What is your question, please? Good morning. Uh, A year and a half ago, I planted 15 hills or clusters of uh, 14 tulips in each one. And uh, this past spring, they came up beautifully, except for two hills, probably half the germination. So I replanted those this past fall. This spring, those have come up one other uh, cl- original clusters come up, but for the most part, the other hills have not germinated except for maybe one or two uh, tulips. Um, do you think the winter or 
the drought of last year had anything to do with this? What might have caused this poor germination? Well, I am sorry for that. That's a lot of work and not much return on your investment. Um, Bulbs, our spring bulbs have a couple of needs. One is uh, definitely... It can be, they can be affected by drought. And we had a very tough year. We have to, we always have to think back a year, just like you're doing and, uh, and think back to what the conditions were like. So drought is very difficult, particularly for bulbs. They can dry out. Bulbs are also very, uh, delicious to squirrels and other small animals. They'll dig them up and eat them, particularly tulip bulbs. Now, narcissus are poisonous, so they will not bother narcissus or daffodils, but they do love tulip bulbs, so they may have been um, may have been eaten by an animal. They also, if they have not got enough sun, um, we we tend to plant bulbs sometimes under shade trees or under areas. And over the as the as the tree emerges as the leaves come out, it starts to shade the bulbs. And the bulbs need eight weeks of full sun in order to photosynthesize and get enough energy back in the bulb itself to bloom the following year. And they could have been affected by the cold winter. We had some really cold temperatures, some cold soil temperatures. Um, If we've had, now we've got this very wet condition, um, they may be, the soil maybe just hasn't warmed up enough for them to come up. So I would not, I would keep an eye on them as you are and uh, it might just be a little bit slower spring as well. I hope that that's what the case is for you. Julie, we get a text that I think we're getting many of uh, each week, and let me just read it. We have more ladybugs and box elder bugs in our house this <laughs> spring than we've had last fall. What could be causing this? Where are they coming from? Well, these insects in the fall seek indoor locations for protection for the winter and they hide out through the winter you see them sometimes come out on hot on sunny days in the winter on your on your uh, glass indoors but they are starting to emerge now and so um they're they're harmless i mean the lady beetles you know people do say oh they smell and they can bite you and this kind of thing but they're but relatively speaking they're fairly harmless they're just annoying more than anything our recommendation is to vacuum them up and uh, and throw them out. Um, but when sometimes the other thing to think about with insects is insects have population peaks and valleys, and so as the uh, as predators, you know, the same thing with their population. If the predators go down, the the pests will go up, so to speak. So if we don't have, um, you know, we we just see these changes in population that I, that are just peaks and valleys throughout their life cycle. So some years they're just more than others. And I know box elders in particular, people have just said, what is with the box elders? There's so many box elders. Um, it's just a population spike. And they are, um, you know, they're not being fed on and they're able to get into your houses. So you can seal up cracks and windows and try to do what you can. There's no pesticides to put down. There's nothing to spray necessarily. So it's just something that we have to live with. Yeah. and But again, <laughs> it's, it's uh, like you said, it's cyclical too. It's cyclical. That's right. Yeah. There's a good word. That's what I was, that was the word I was looking for, Denny. Thank right. you. <laughs> 
Sometimes I come through. I don't know. You are great. <laughs> uh, Julie, we, we need to take a break, a quick one. And uh, we have a lot of listeners that uh, have uh, sent in text messages that I want to get to. So we'll do that uh, after this break. In the Twin Cities, uh, in fact, in my neighborhood, been hearing some a bit of thunder. Julie has as well in, in her neighborhood. And we're going to be hearing that for at least a while today. Chance of showers and thunderstorms today. Uh, and But the high, if you're just joining us, high predicted near 75 today, but then back to 51 uh, tomorrow and back to 40 on Monday and things like that. So we'll uh, we'll fill you in on more oh, details, boy. of course, as we move through this day. Right now, though, 58 degrees here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Denny Long here once again from Malmberg's Garden Center joining us here on our Smart Garden Show. Yeah, Malmberg, you've heard that name? For a long time here in CCULN, as a matter of fact, since 1958. Great place. Actually, places. There are two locations in Blaine and Rogers. One I really wanted to focus on today is that uh, their spring open house is going on. At least it's starting Friday, April 29th till Monday, May 2nd. What are you going to find there? 20% off everything. And I mean everything. Check the website for hours. I'll uh, get you that website coming up in a moment. I mentioned Malmberg's been around since 1958. Check the website for hours. I'll uh, get you that website coming up in a moment. I mentioned Malmberg's been around since 1958. Thousands of plants locally grown in their greenhouses. If you're in the market for trees or shrubs or annuals, perennials, gardening supplies for sure, you're going to find it at Malmberg's. And if you're looking for some expert advice, you're going to find that for sure there, too. Especially if you're a beginning gardener, great at helping new gardeners getting started. All right, been a long winter. Now it's time to get back out there and uh, head to uh, the Spring Open House, Friday, April 29th to Monday, May 2nd, 20% off everything at Malmberg. Check the website for hours. That's malmbergsinc.com. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long along with uh, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions, of which there are so many <laughs> that we could use another two or three hours, I think, just to get through these. Let me grab one here real fast. Uh, my rhubarb was very skinny last year. Will it help to put manure around it? My neighbor sells alpaca manure. Is that okay? Man, I know nothing about alpaca manure. <laughs> no. um, I would just say that thinking about how we use other uh, other livestock manure, that you would want to compost it really well. It can potentially burn the plants if it's too fresh. So compost it. It should be composted, I think it's about a year, so through a whole season. Um, so then you could probably work it in. I, a soil test is always valuable. But the one thing to remember about rhubarb is it's a big feeder. So it is a, or a heavy feeder. So in other words, you want to be fertilizing that plant so that you get those nice beefy stalks. It also needs full sun and a lot of room. So those different things are, that's, that's probably the key to rhubarb. Um, I have some rhubarb too, and I am planning to do some fertilization when the soil warms up. It's a little bit early for that because that fertilizer could potentially just uh, sit on top of the surface of the soil or run off into other areas. So make sure that your soil is not too cold and that it's not frozen like mine at this point. 
Here is a text. Says, good morning, Julie Denny. What are the best conditions to roll our yard? Somebody wants to do some uh, rolling on their yard. Oh, they have bumpy a bumpy yard. Must so be. that that is something to definitely wait on. Uh, it is too wet and too cold. What you will end up doing is really compacting your soil down at this point. And so you need to wait probably until I would think probably around late May, early June, depending on how our weather goes. The soil should be fairly dried out by then, and you should be seeing your lawn actively growing. This listener, Julie, says, I received a rose shrub bare root last week. It has new growth on it. Can I plant it today? If not, how do I keep it alive? Oh, boy. Bare root plants are a great way to buy plants. They're less expensive because they are not in containers. They certainly ship well. And this is the time of year that that nurseries are shipping bare root plants. Um, They have to ship them. They have a very limited time because it has to be cool. And you have to keep those bare root plants cool. So you want to keep them in a refrigerator, keep them in plastic. And uh, I think with kind of like with the uh, elephant ear uh, uh, texture is that I would pot it up in a nice sized nursery pot right now and some good potting soil, some new potting soil, and keep it uh, protected in a sunny, protected area. You you might have to acclimate it to the outdoors. Um, I wouldn't do it today. It is just too weird with the thunderstorms and the 70 degree weather. And then move it into a garage. Uh, or something when we have these really cold temperatures coming up at night. I think we're getting into the 20s, I think, Denny. We said yeah, high earlier. 20s this coming week, yeah. Yeah, but in the meantime, you can keep it in a refrigerator and check it f- to make sure that it stays moist. That's the most important thing with bare root plants. At, um, they should be around uh, you know, 30, 30, 40, 45 degrees or so, and, uh, and keep them cool and moist. And then plant them up, but I I think I might be potting mine. I would be potting mine up right now and just keeping it in a protected space. A couple of things I don't want to run out of time without mentioning. Yes. One yes. is which uh, of, of of get to the arboretum uh, any right. time of the year, but uh, the, this we're coming into a time that's so much fun. How do yeah. we get in touch? How do we how do we get there, uh, Julie? As far as uh, reservations, so arb. .umn.edu is the Arboretum website. It's just given been given a facelift, so it's uh, a, it's even better than it was before. And uh, you do need a reservation. If you're a member, of course, there's no cost. You have that covered in your membership. If you are not a member, uh, I think it's about $15 to get in. And you can uh, go ahead and make that reservation. And that that is really, it's really helped with moderating traffic and moderating uh, parking spaces, and people have, we've had good responses that people have really appreciated, you know, being able to get their lunch and get a place to park and all those things. So make a reservation, and uh, definitely the bulbs will be coming up, I promise. They have planted, I don't know, 56,000 bulbs or something. Wow. And, uh, and so the early spring bulbs are coming up, pasque flowers, uh, the, which are not bulbs, but those are early uh, spring plants. Also some of the things like the Chionodoxa and uh, also um, some of the Scylla and the Bloodroot, and some of those are coming up already. So you can see those in our woodland areas and also in some of our perennial garden areas. So, yeah, definitely come out. There's tons of activities and uh, events happening, too. You can find all that on the ARB website. Yep. 
Head out five west five to forty one, yes. and you'll uh, you'll see the sign. Um, Hang a left. And uh, don't forget the website extension.umn.edu. Uh, and I know we just have about two minutes to go here. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can uh, grab a couple more texts. Sounds good. Uh, a friend swears by adding Epsom salt to the soil when planting tomato plants. Have you heard of this practice? Yes, I've heard of that practice. And Epsom salts are, I believe, magnesium. And yes. that does help the soil. And so uh, a soil test would be a good idea before adding anything like that. One more. Let's grab another one. Dormant okay. seeding question. Uh, last November, for the first time, lawn care wants to fertilize and liquid aerate. Should I have them wait until the grass comes up? No seed germination yet. Any direction is appreciated. Uh, I am not sure about that. Um, I think with the liquid aeration, I think that would probably be fine uh, versus core aeration. Um, I would definitely make them aware that you had dormant seeded. Real fast. My Christmas cactus leaves are turning purple. It's been steadily blooming all winter and is in very sunny windows. Should I be worried? No, they sometimes do uh, change color a little bit. You might want to start fertilizing it if you have not been fertilizing it. Oh, let's do uh, just missing out on that. Let's do one more. Okay. Live dangerously. Too soon to plant (laughs) my too soon to plant my cannabulbs. They are already a foot tall growing out of the bags. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would also pot those up in just a nursery pot and keep them in a sunny window indoors and water them and get them outside to acclimate them as soon as you can. But it's a little bit cold and wet right now. Give it another week or two. Here's a nice tip as far as lawn mowing. Mowing, which you guys always say, mowing high not only promotes a healthy lawn, but so much easier for the lawnmower. That's right. That's right. But it is is for a healthier lawn, is it not? Yeah. And actually, those blades, as small as they are, they shade the crowns of the plants. It helps with burnout in July when it gets super hot and uh, very dry. Watch out for the weather. You stay tuned to CCU. Julie, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Always a great help from, from you. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks, everyone. Happy gardening. Yes. And to you, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Stay tuned next for a news break here on CCU. Then get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be along for the home improvement hour that comes uh, next hour. Right now, the Twin Cities thunderstorm may be in your neighborhood. Otherwise, overcast skies. With a current uh, temperature reading 58 degrees on our way to 75, stay with us here on CCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.